You're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me once again, it's the one and only Mr. Kevin Gersow. How are you, buddy? Doing, Doing well. Okay. How are you? Uh, big drama week for the Flyers here. Uh, <laughs> not so much on the ice, but we will talk about that a little bit. But uh, I don't really think we bury the lead here. I think we just dive right in. Uh, big story this week. You know what? Before we get into that, I'm going to hit the socials because I haven't done that at the top of the show for a while. So if you're listening, if you're new, if you haven't listened to us in a while, okay. you can find the show on Twitter at YWT Podcast. Kevin's at Kevin underscore Durso. You can also find the show on Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SportsTalkPhilly.com, all over the place. Make sure to give us a follow. Subscribe over to our YouTube channel. You can see an, a live video version of this podcast. Um, all right. Let's dive right in. As well, live as as live as you know what I mean. Sometimes we do live though. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know, no, I know. And and I look, I admit it as much because I I I told you earlier in the week I hopped on the High and Wide podcast shout this out. week and gave a mention and gave a shout out to this show as well while I was on there. Um, they did as well at the beginning. I didn't realize that actually when I jumped into the studio they were already like oh, great. three minutes in, so they actually had mentioned awesome. the podcast. Um, I didn't well, realize sure that. Go listen to them too um, if you're listening to us here. Flyers high and wide. Um, but where I was, I guess where I was going with that was is that basically we were going to get into a story because I didn't, I didn't do that until okay. Wednesday. So we were going to get into a story on that show that had come out in between our last recording time and that appearance. So I basically even said, I know what we're going to talk oh, yeah. about on this week's show because. It's going to be the number one thing. So let's, like you said, we should probably just jump right into it. Bobby Clark made an um, appearance on the, what was the name of the show? It was the Cam and, Cam and Strick Cam Podcast. Cam and Strick Podcast. Okay. Or Cam and Strick and, Show, Cam and Strick Podcast. I don't remember, I don't remember which one it is, but it's, uh, to give people an idea of what, like, what is, what, like, kind of, what is a Cam and Strick? It, it's Cam Jansen okay. and Andy Strickland's podcast. That's what it is. And they've done... I don't they've know how many episodes they've done, but a good number. Like, like, let's do this way. Said other subject in this conversation, the the, the one right. that everybody's pulling from it. Let's just say because Bobby Clark was on the show for right. probably about an hour. Like, it was a good hour, and most of the discussion leading up to the point that everybody's taking away from it was, you know, talk about being drafted where you were, playing in Flintron, having diabetes stuff. from a, from childhood. All the stuff like get it like almost like that. This is your life kind of thing. Like get us to that point. What was like playing for this? What was it like doing this? Talk about, you know, talk about Fred Shero. Talk about playing with these guys. Talk about at one point in time, they get into the relationship with Eric Lindros. Like they talk about that. Like you're really doing a big giant build up to like get us from 1970 right. to today. Kind of because I mean, they talked about this uh, summit series against Russia and things like that, like all this type of stuff. And then they asked him about <laughs> Ron Hextall and that's where like, maybe it was uh, look, maybe it was we're 45 minutes into this. It was just, he went off the rails or maybe it was legit. He had some pent up things that he needed to talk about, but ultimately this keep this became bigger than anything was going to happen, and and in fairness, I guess we should preface this whole thing, but because this came out on it was what? Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday morning, I think, right? Not quite the Monday news, drop, but, but pretty close. But yeah, it was. It, you know what? It was definitely Tuesday because of the fact that uh, the appearance I made was on Wednesday, and I had time because when stuff like this happens, yeah. from my perspective, when I write something about it, I needed like the whole day 
just to kind of process the information and give it a direction of how I wanted to write about it. I wasn't just going to write the easy, like I, I was kind of, I've kind of done with writing the easy low hanging fruit story. That is somebody said something right. or this thing happened but, and let's just, let's just re you know, regurgitate the, this wasn't your off standard. Ice moment. Somebody's talking trash on a podcast. This is Bobby Clark, a guy who's been in the front office since basically since the day he retired, he's been with the organization for close to 50 years now this is a guy who who knows everything about the organization like there is nobody more flyer than bobby clark and i feel comfortable saying that Uh, but the big headline to come out of this if you're not watching on our youtube channel we do have it as the the graphic here none of our scouts wanted nolan patrick and it it was part of a bigger uh, conversation about ron hextall and how he was as a general manager and we heard a lot of things that we've heard before um, stayed in his office a lot. Right. Didn't talk to the alumni a lot. Basically, uh, the rumors we heard when he got fired about um, he never he didn't let anybody in the room. He didn't let anybody make the decisions. Bobby Clark kind of confirmed all of that. <laughs> sure. And and listen, there there are outlets out there that have been running with this for way long, like for longer right. than what we just heard. Way longer. And for the most part, like we took either those rumblings or things like that or or look, I'm down at a lot of games, too. So the idea that the like it's not like it was secretive that there was an idea that there was divide in taking Nolan Patrick over everything else. Now, to me, that's not even the biggest part of what was said in my in in the grand scheme of things to me. And, you know, if that's what you want to take from it, because, you, you know, you kind of hinted that you have a side that you're on before we started so if that's if you want to kind of take a side that makes this this the big story to you and you know as as we would as they would say on channel six action news you know you know and by the way if anybody's listening from outside of the philly area sorry for the no absolutely that's you know the big no but the big story tonight apologize for action news jokes on this show absolutely not But you know what I mean, like, you know, your version of the big story tonight might be different from mine in terms of what you want to really take away from this. And you know what? I'm going to let you have the floor first on this. You tell me what your side is. So, again, like we said, he he talked about a lot here and there's a lot to break down. But specifically on this Nolan Patrick issue, he claimed no, none of our scouts wanted Nolan Patrick. And basically goes on to say that Ron Hextall ignored every single scout and chose Nolan Patrick against their advice. The problem here is that his next sentence is, they all wanted Makar, he went next. And well, quite frankly, no, he didn't. Miro Heiskanen went next. And then we had a scout come out, uh, I believe it was the next day or two days later, and say, well, you know, Heiskanen, close enough. It sounds to me, and this is, you know, just one person's opinion here, Sounds to me like Bobby's rewriting history a little bit. And yes, I'm sure in the lead up to the draft weeks, some, maybe even most of the scouts had kind of flipped to wanting either Miro Heiskanen or Kale McCarr with that second overall pick. But you're telling me all of them. You're telling me every single scout bailed on the guy who was the consensus number two at the time. Quite frankly, some people thought he was going to go number one. He was the number one leading up to his draft year. Basically, the whole way, he only just slipped below his year in the last weeks before the draft because he had some injury issues his draft year, et cetera, et cetera. And I know Heiskanen and Makar were gaining some steam. Uh, 
uh, in a lot of people's eyes. I think it's a little bit of revisionist history to say that none of your scouts wanted him. Because on the whole, and again, I don't know what goes on in the front office. I don't know what conversations the scouts had with Bobby Clark or Ron Hextall or anybody in the organization. I find it hard to believe that nobody was still on Nolan Patrick's side here. And I, it's it's hard for me to believe that Ron Hextall spit in the face of every single scout and took Nolan Patrick. Okay, that's fair. And I, I, I think that he's... I think that what happened in this particular instance was you have, first of all, you have a guy who does, first of all, doesn't have to play up to the media game. It's already been a very comfortable kind of tell all type interview where you get to tell your story. Um, I don't think he's trying to give a PR friendly answer. I don't, I think he is doing what he does, which is I'm going to speak from my, I'm not really going to, process it through the filter i'm just going to speak from the heart here and i'm angry and i'm frustrated because i've watched the last let's actually call it what it is i was going to say two seasons but or two years but it's not really two years i've watched you could sit there and say i've watched the last year literally just the last calendar year and this stuff pisses me off and i'm going to voice my opinion on it and that's all there is to it i think that to go specifically by nolan patrick is a problem because in hindsight, it's really, really easy. That's almost low-hanging exactly. fruit to me to say, well, look at McCarr versus Patrick. Right. We that, wanted McCarr. That's something of fans course do. we wanted McCarr right. now. fans say, well, why didn't, why didn't we take Alex to bring Cat? Why didn't we take blah, no, blah, I, blah? No, I didn't. Stop. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So here's my problem with what you're saying with the Debrinket thing. To say that about Debrinket is a little different. When when there were media members sitting here going, um, the guy who scored like sixty goals is sitting in the second round, and you traded up. We all thought it was gonna be Debrinket. Like, right. you know, like you know what I mean. Like there there is an element of media that sits there and goes, "This guy's still on the board. I don't know why that's who they should be." And that's I think that's the thing too. Like, I'm not sitting here telling you like, I, I don't know any reason why they didn't take years ago didn't take Debrinket in the second round. And took, I believe, what was that? That was the year they took Pascal LeBerge, right? That might might have not been a great year, you know. But but like, but like my, I I think my point to bringing that up is, I didn't have intel that says, oh, they deliberately didn't want him or or whatever. I just go off of if I reference, oh, they could have had. It's because it's partially because you see what he's translated to, but we also knew the numbers coming in and knew the performance and knew who he was playing with and said. Why wouldn't you want right. this player? You know, uh, it, like the Flyers' first round pick in the Alex DeBrincat year, by the way, was uh, German Rubitsov. Right, but they had three. They had like right. three second rounders that year. So the three second rounders, LeBerge went first. They traded up to get LeBerge, and then they had two more later that were that were Carter okay. Hart well, and Wade. Those Allison. are working out pretty nicely. Well, Wade Allison could if he could Fair stay enough. healthy, but that's he's been good that's from another whole point. And Carter, you know, and Carter Hart's been good. You know, like he's been really good this season. He's had, he's had, like I, I say, good kind of generalizing it. Like he's had his years. He's had his bad times. Like it's I think typical. I think early we all still firmly agree that he's life. the goalie of the future, provided that they don't tear it down. But you know, that's a whole different conversation that we've had on this show before. There's an element of this that I think. Yeah, I mean, listen, no, I'm not going to dive no. into will they tear it down or won't they right now? Because again, you know, no. There's too much to discuss as it as it gets closer to the, closer that to the deadline. Get very interesting. I'll well, 
I'll be able to tell you more about where I think they're really going to go with this. Like right now, the problem is, is that they're, how do you look at, how do you look at something 37 games in and come to that conclusion? Right. You know, kind of in a way, like who does that half, not even halfway through it's, your it's season, hard to... especially, especially when it's not in your right. nature to do that. Yeah. You know, but back, back to Bobby Clark. Let's go back to the comments for a minute, because, because, like I said, I don't think this is all about Nolan Patrick. If it was that simple, then I don't know. First of all, no, he wouldn't fair. have brought up more because he really went on a tear after that. Like he just kind of kept going. It started with no, nobody right. wanted Nolan. That's the Patrick, big fancy headline. Which okay, maybe, maybe you know, and maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. Like maybe it's not really none of them. Maybe it's. A very maybe it's a very small minority of them said take Nolan Patrick, and like to me, what I keep coming away from this is with is it, it, the the common theme from everything that he dis like that he brought up had to do with well Ron Hextall didn't right. consult anybody he, he just was, went ahead he and was did. the general manager. Like, <gasps> well, yes, he was the general manager. He but didn't take any input. Being, no, I know this is this is this is a team of people whose job it is to tell you what they saw from somebody to tell you how the interviews go to tell you if there's anything that goes into this decision that should be a red flag whether it was hey he had a health issue this year i don't think we should do it or you, you want to know what i honestly have come back to a lot lately that really makes it that that stands out to me you know i was i don't think his, his rookie season i don't remember i don't think i was in the locker room most of the year working like I, I was still kind of working my way up in the media side and things like that. but the next year i like i kind of like either i kind of was or i definitely was at training camp i remember going to one of the training camps early on cuz they made the playoffs in his rookie year they played <sighs> pittsburgh in his rookie yeah. year and and i remember going in and like the very first interview that i can remember having with him was not I want to say eye opening, but like I I came away from it and like you got to remember like it's it's really funny for me to look back because I remember like like I'll I'll use this narrative to kind of explain this. I remember the first time I interviewed Kevin Hayes after he got signed. It's his train. It's his first training camp, and I actually came out of the interview going, "Man, he kind of sounds monotonous. Kind of like he's going to give answers. those boring, typical yeah. hockey cliche answers." And I had no idea from that very first interview what a person right. no what a personality he was though it didn't seem like it based sure. on just that interview it was like I, I really like almost like as if I don't really want to answer the questions but he's not that way when right. the camera's not on you know like okay that's fair I just came away from that first exposure to Nolan Patrick as a guy who was as boring as they get like you know and. You know, I like I don't you know, he was just it was really boring. It was very I mean, it, as little personality as you could find in, in a person. And, you know, there was a part of me at the beginning that sat there and went, I guess there's nothing to make of it per se, because the fact that if he's as talented of a player as Connor McDavid as he seems is, like, like a boring he doesn't person, have to be honestly. Well, yeah, but but I was going to sit there and go, he doesn't have to be Alex Ovechkin to be a great player he can have the world's worst personality be like just a totally what looks like a totally miserable person off the ice and yet if he's going to go out and score at the rate that people think he's going to score whether it's goals or point production let it be let him be himself who cares nobody's going to worry about what his personality is the only way that people would worry about his personality is one 
if his if his off ice activities got him into trouble, as in, oh, off the ice, you're just a total, you know, like delinquent kind of. Like, oh my goodness, you don't do anything right off the ice. You're like a troublemaker. Or but no one, you don't no, produce. And it's going to no lead to Noah criticism. Came. No, he's not. But like what I'm saying is that that's the only way people ca- if, if you're producing, that's the only way people care about your off ice activity is either right. you're not performing or you get in that much trouble off the ice that your skill level doesn't matter anymore. Sure. People have something to say about you. Like, let's do this way. Was Patrick Kane immune to some criticism and like negative reviews on him as a person just because oh, he scores we... 50 goals? You know, like nobody cares about your 50 goals after a, a certain point if you're not a good person. There's a lot of people who do care, but there's a lot of people who don't, too. Uh, and it divides here's, here's the thing, though. Evander Kane, less than 72 hours after getting his contract bought out, is already looking like he was going to sign with the Oilers. You know, they'll, they'll give you a second chance if you're good enough. They'll give you a third chance if you're good enough. They'll give you a fourth chance well, and, if you're good enough. And it, well, I hear you. I agree. But like, you know, it's that's what I'm trying to get. It was like nobody was going to care that the guy had a boring personality if a it didn't get Absolutely. him into trouble, and b he produced and he wasn't and then he wasn't producing and then he couldn't stay healthy. And I just think that this was somebody who had never faced adversity at any point in his life before, was always told you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. And down to the final weeks before the draft where it was, you're going first, you're going first, you're going to go first. And then he didn't go first. And I don't think that that derails a career that should motivate you more than anything. But as soon as things get in the way, and I don't know, you know, I'm trying to figure out like in the back of my mind, I guess it was, maybe it was another Buffalo year. I don't know. Was Buffalo supposed to go first and then lost the lottery because it, it, it turned into New Jersey? Oh, Colo- no, Colorado. No, Colorado was the year They were atrocious. Colorado got the fourth, and they were supposed to go first. But my point is, and maybe Colorado is a bad example because now they're really kind of on, like at the time they weren't much on the map, but now they Jersey are. Jersey done such a good um, job. But like, but like let's, let, let's make it New Jersey for a second. It's no secret. You're not exactly a media darling in the sense that, you know, yes, you're you're, you're the redheaded side of New York. You're the third you're team not, in the, the New York metropolitan the, area, the fourth team in the the northeast, right. you so know, this, like, the Philadelphia New York so corridor. Is, so is the media so is the media presence demanding enough that you feel no. maybe differently about the way it goes like like it's like it's almost like you had to come out of playing in you know in Brandon and then playing in like if you would have gone to another kind of smaller city where it's not under such a microscope, like you're in one of the major sports cities in Philadelphia. Like in 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 Philadelphia, you're in one of the major if cities. You're in expecting the, to in go the first US. overall in the draft. You need to be able to handle the pressure. What happens if the Rangers win the draft lottery and you go to New York City? What happens if the LA Kings win the lottery and you go to Los Angeles? Like you, you have to be ready to play under right. whatever. Oh microscope. no, I'm not Montreal. Oh, I know. What I'm what I'm saying is is that if he goes to a place where the market is not so. I, I'm just wondering if we're not ha- if we're having a different conversation. I'm right. wondering if he's been traded yet. Like, like is his career path different because this is the way that it like? And I, and yeah, I don't want to talk about Nolan Patrick history, the whole time and go over right? his career over. What? Well, well, right. But like, so that was my point. My point was the thing that stood out more with what he said was a he did kind of go on more of a tangent than just hey it's just the Nolan Patrick thing. He brought up the Braden Shen trade. He brought up 
the possibility of getting Ryan O'Reilly and kind of how, again, through the whole thing, nobody was consulted, which makes, you know, which just fuels the story that Ron Hextall was, you know, the A number one, my, my opinion's right. Your opinion doesn't matter. I'm moving forward. And he locked himself in a room kind of thing. But I also want to get to kind of the idea that this is a, not just any, like, we've already said it. This isn't just any former flyer. This is, like, Mr. Flyer the player. Like, the only person I can think of, and I love how we're bridging the, like, bridging the two shows together from last week, because the only person I can think of that's more of a flyer than Bobby Clark yeah. is Ed Snyder, who we already just had, who we just had a conversation about. So when the next closest, I guess the next closest thing to Ed Snyder, who's still alive, is doing this on a show... It's a very Ed, Ed Snyder thing to do. I'm not going to lie. Ed Snyder would have gone on this show and had the same quite interview. Literally, if he had the same issues with Ron like, Hextall that Bobby Clark had, absolutely he would have. I guess, but like my point, yeah. just hear me out. No, just hear me out. My point is, since when has anybody in this organization thrown a former player, coach, executive, you name it, under the bus so publicly and so vehemently that it became a bigger headline than whatever else was going to happen this important week. here. Um, I don't think Ed Snyder would have done it after he fired him, but after Ron Hextall took the job with the Pittsburgh Penguins, nah, I think that opened some doors. <laughs> I think that makes some interviews a little more exciting because at that point you're a little less worried about protecting them. I mean, look, maybe I'm not going to try to get inside the guy's head and figure out what prompted this other than uh, maybe other than that. Like, again, it's watching the team in its current state. And that's not to blame Hextall for the whole thing, but it's watching the team in its current state and going like, didn't it also stand out that he also turns around and points out like, I don't know if he's including I don't think he is, but I don't believe he's including Nolan Patrick in this discussion when he goes and also throws in there's th- two or three other first round picks that right. are never going to play. And th- which, by the way, as soon as something like that happens, what does everybody like us who really follows the team? What is, what's everybody going to do? They're going to go and look at the list of first round about. picks and go, which it's one German is it? Rubitsoff. I can tell you who it is. It's really one easy. of them. Well, Rubisov's right. one. If if you want to go by Sam two, Moran's it, probably on that I list. I think he really means but that was pre Hextall. No, because right. Sam Moran's not a heck. That was pre Hextall. I mean, you could look. It's you Jay can O'Brien, isn't view it? View Sam Moran that way. It's Jay O'Brien. It's Jay O'Brien, and he and and here's the thing. I don't know if he really believes this or not. I I don't agree if this is the case, but maybe this is where Clark's coming from. He says two or three. And your first two are easy to find. It's like we said, it's Rubsov and Jay O'Brien because A, have they played at this level? No. Rubsov's got four games and, and Jay O'Brien Rubisov is still in college. Didn't really impress in those four games. And Rubsov's like Rubsov is what like Rubsov is probably headed back to play right. somewhere in Europe whenever he can get out of this because it's probably. really not going anywhere for him. Um O'Brien, I don't want to sit there and say that he's never going to play the jury's kind of still out for a guy who was drafted you know i guess it was four years ago in hindsight but like he went through a lot he like transferred schools i know there was a whole big amount of drama with with jay o'brien and kind of how his playing career was progressing but i haven't followed it recently to be honest 
Right. He's been okay. Like, he's had a decent year in college. He's, like, definitely it feels like he's landed in a, in a right spot. It doesn't mean that sure. he's going to amount to anything. I mean, we – I just mentioned – like, think about the names I just mentioned from – like, we already brought up Rubsov from that 2016 draft. Pascal LaBerge was the second pick. He's not even in the organization anymore. He actually just signed with, guess who, Pittsburgh. There's a Hextall guy for you. Ron Hextall loves him some right Pascal LaBerge. And Mark you know? Friedman off just like Ron, just, just like Ron Hextall loves yeah. him some Mark <laughs> Friedman. You know? um, and then, okay, Carter Hart's he the He ain't next going pick. anywhere. Okay, that one works. Right. No, but that works. He's your starting goaltender. I think that that makes a difference. But the pick after, and I'm not trying to downplay what Wade Allison can do. Is he living up to first overall how pick many times pedigree? Have we on the, or, no, but how, how, how many times have we used the line on this show? Uh, your best ability fair. is availability, and he hasn't yeah, always been he's available. Young so. enough, and it hasn't been that as much of an issue. Um, no, but he keeps. No, but if he keeps suffering injuries that become detrimental to your long-term yeah, sure. playing career, like one way or another, like it was just <laughs> like his injury this year was so preventable it wasn't even funny, and it wasn't like preventable in the sense that oh, what happened was that much of a freak thing. It's you don't have to play those rookie games. You really don't have to have competitive rookie games against somebody else. Like, you want to play rookie games against each other, have a big scrimmage, oh, Team Orange against Team White, let's say, go for it. Because at some point, a line's going to be drawn and go, right, don't obviously. hurt your teammate. <laughs> even if you're playing against him in a scrimmage, don't hurt your teammate. Don't even get into a situation where something might happen. We need everybody. You played an op opposing team. You played the Rangers rookies, which means... Guys wanting to make the team are going to play yep. it like a preseason and, game. And there it's are still go guys, all out. still guys who are trying to myself. fill that big heavy hitter role. And in the preseason or in rookie games or in showcases like that, they're trying to exhibit their skills. Right. And it wasn't. And 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 right. he didn't take a big hit. Sure. It was a freak play, but nonetheless, he's been out the entire time. He hasn't played a game at the NHL level yet. Now, granted, I did see on Saturday night he scored a goal in the Phantoms game, so he's playing with the Phantoms. He seems to be coming along. He probably is going to be one of the first calls made yeah. relatively soon because they, they want him up here. They need him up here at this point. Like, you need to play people up here who you think have a future, and if they don't, you're going to find out. Like, that's where it, that's what it needs to turn into. So he's got to play at some point. I wouldn't, like, I don't think it'll be next week. But I wouldn't hesitate to say, you know, right around the time that the original pause was supposed to hit, like get ready for February with yep. him. He should be up here by well, and start when, of February. And when you say. start trading but, guys at the deadline, you're going to need guys to come up and play in those spots because I have a feeling you're getting a decent amount of draft picks and prospects back. So you're. Depends on what kind of prospects you mean, because if there's prospects that are borderline NHL ready, then they should just come right, right in and see what they've got. To be honest, and but but yeah, let's so, uh, but I digress. I want to go back to the I want to go back into the comment pool again for a second here, because like that, like I said, that was the big thing to me. It has nothing to do with oh who didn't they draft whatever. Oh, yeah. so the third play. Okay. I want to get to that because the two two of them were easy. Okay, what two first rounders have not played at the NHL level yet that he's saying they'll never play there? Well, Rubsov's not coming up anytime soon, probably never, and O'Brien is to be determined, right. but a long term to be determined. So, if you want to sit there in his spot right now, like where Bobby Clark is sitting and say, "I see two guys right. who are never going to play." You know what? You've been around the game long enough that I'm going to kind of take part of your word Fair there and be able to figure out who you're talking about based on right. track record so far. The third player that he has to be referring to, because I can't find anybody else who it wouldn't be, like, 
you can go down the list. Go down the list the of first round era. picks from not just from look, yeah, but from from the Hextall era and realize who's contributing now and who has been contribute contributing. Like Hextall's first first round pick in 2014 was Travis Sanheim. Well, he's not the guy yep. who's not going to play. He's already here. In 15, you landed in a draft that was full of talent, that full of potential. I'll say anyway. So. Ivan Provorov, Travis Konechny, it's not them. And that's not to say that they're performing they're well, right. but it's not them. So, okay, Rubsov was 2016. Okay, that was an easy one. 2017, unless you're going to say you're talking about Nolan Patrick, who is still playing at an NHL level. I know, by the way, has o- has well over 100 right. games in his career. Might be even over 200 at this point because he's played for four, like four separate seasons, technically. He missed the one year, but he's played in three seasons. Yes, he's not getting into the lineup very much, but he played an awful like he played an awful lot last year. I think he played I can't something wait like fifty. He scores a goal to win year. a playoff series for Vegas. It's absolutely happening. Well, it's absolutely, I'm not going to go there right now. But but then, but anyway, so it, it's probably not him. Which then and and then you know in 2018 yeah we already mentioned Joel Jay O'Brien Joel Farabee is the other pick in 2018 so it's not him and guess what happened next Hextall was fired so there's one pick that's I that's left I haven't mentioned who is it yep. it's Morgan Frost so is that the third yeah. guy which I think is because I think that that's I don't want to say off base completely but like I think the jury's still well, out the guy is playing at the NHL level he's not producing really well Clark but said two or three here. and if the number is two with a question mark on Morgan Frost then I think that's a pretty fair uh wrap up on that but the the other things that Clark just threw out so flippantly as quote-unquote mistakes fr- frustrate me because he okay. mentions the Braden Chen trade and the two first-round picks you got back in the Braden Chen trade turned into Joel Farabee and Morgan Frost. So there's some guys that we just kind of talked about. Joel Farabee's not going anywhere, obviously. He looks like a top-six guy forever and ever, amen. Morgan Frost, you know, remains to be seen what he'll turn into at the NHL level. Fair enough. No, and, Bra- and here's the thing. Braden Chen had one outstanding year and a bunch of other years that were typical exactly. flyer years for him. Like, he's been about the same player. Now, here's the thing. You can argue— that he's around sure. better talent and that makes him a better player or makes him, you know, puts him on a better team. That's Fair. fine. But then, but then again, I think, but no, again, I think the principle of the matter is not necessarily that the trade was a mistake, but talk to fair. the people you work with. These are the people who work in the team. He's trying to, he tried to sit there and basically make it sound. He goes, I, he was three seats down from where Hextall was and Hextall's making the trade at the draft and nobody knows about it. And that's fair. And again, I don't, I don't know if this is a guy who's at, at the stage of life that he is, who's just kind of rambling well, on about things that he believes are mistakes. And whether, again, maybe it is a little bit of a revision, well, revision history in his mind. This, this is going to kind of lead us into a little bit of a bigger question about what, this whole interview meant. You know the phrase history is written by the victors? You've heard that before? Yeah. In terms of staying in the Flyers organization, Bobby Clark won. He can kind of come out and say whatever he wants. And I'm not saying he's doing this. I'm not saying he's lying. But he can come out and spin it however he wants. And it's very unlikely that a sitting general manager in the National Hockey League is going to come out and make a statement and refute it. It's very unlikely that Ron Hexall is going to come out and go, uh, well, actually, here's this, here's this, here's this. 
so to me, I'm curious. We all kind of agree that Ron Hextall was fired because he wasn't consulting with enough people, specifically with enough of the uh, the old boys, the alumni, the Paul Holmgrens, the Bobby Clarks, the et cetera's. Do you think, and obviously this is pure speculation, we don't know. Do you think Ron Hextall wanted to tear it down and was in the process of kind of doing that? We saw him clear some cap space. We saw him do some good future moves. You know, that's why we end up with Braden Chen for two first round picks. Do you think he was trying to tear it down and the old club, I don't know how to refer to the bullies. I'm just going to refer to them as the bullies just for the sake of the conversation. Uh The bullies were saying, well, no, we don't want that. And I think that was the crux. That was the divide. Ron Hextall wanted to tear it down. The bullies didn't. The bullies wanted to stay the course and keep trading for mediocre guys at the trade deadline and keep making mediocre playoff runs. And that's where the divide was. I know yeah, it is. That's a loaded question. And we're not going to know an answer. It's it's one of those situations where there's three sides to every story. Side A, side B, and the truth. Right, so here, here's what I'll say then to try to try my best to answer it. And it's not probably not going to be a direct answer to the question, but it'll be – there are several things I think that happened that, for lack of a better term, that weren't supposed to happen that changed the way that people thought in the organization okay. a little bit. If, if, and again, this is not sourced information or anything sure. like this. this is just me speculating from kind of the outside almost in a way I'd like, I've long since believed that one of the things that, that was a mistake for the team in terms of that direction, that if it didn't happen, maybe they may have been better off for it was that they should have not should have, but, I, I wonder what if they don't make the playoffs in Dave Haxtell's first year as coach. Because all of a sudden, I think that changes the narrative of what he can do, where the team is at. Oh, maybe now we should change our minds about where it's going. If you miss, like, do, do you know why people are saying blow it up right now? And I'm not saying they're going to completely they're miss the blow it up. Two years like, in a row you know why, for the first time. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because if you start to make it a pattern, like coming into this year, the joke was they'll it's make an even the playoffs. number year. Because they always do. It's it's every other year. So they'll make the playoffs. They didn't last 10, year. 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22. And, yeah, of course. And the reality is, is what you do with this, what you do in this franchise is this. You prolong the idea that one area is the source of your problem because you make the playoffs then miss the playoffs every other year. It's 2013. You have a lockout shortened year. This is before Hextall, by the way, but you have a lockout shortened year. It doesn't go really well. You miss the playoffs. You chalk it up. You kind of chalk it up. You go, oh, well, you know, the year before we were really good. They were in the second round. They looked like a team that was to be reckoned with in the playoffs. It didn't work out. They ended up losing to the team that did make it to the Stanley Cup final anyway and lost. So, okay, no big, not no big deal, but like, all right, you kind of. It, that does happen. You run into a team that kind of get, gains momentum. They go on a run there of their own. Okay, so so be it. The next year, the lockout shortens everything. You miss the playoffs. The year after that, you get three games into the season. And this was still, no, granted, Ed Snyder's still alive. There's a little bit of a different sure. method to probably running the team. So three games in, Peter Laviolette, you're done. You got, They haven't won a game all season. You're out. Fun Craig fact, Ruby's going to take Peter last And they make a run. Coach. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Last home game. <laughs> It's funny. 
It, oh, okay. Last home game. It's funny. I was at John I Stevens' was also last at John Stevens' last home game. game. So, um, so three games in, he's out. Here comes Craig Berube. He th- then they make the playoffs. So now you continue down that path, and you go, okay. Interim tags off. You're the head coach. Then they miss the playoffs. Well, now it's the coach's problem. So the coach is out. Now we're going to hire somebody else. They go and now we can chalk that up to however we want to. Like, again, Ron Hextall's a new GM at the time. So this becomes a story of he just probably right. just wanted his own guy. Sure. You know, whatever, you know, whether or not we want to say, because again, this is something that came up in the Bobby Clark interview. Should they have kept him? Shouldn't they have kept him? Again, hindsight's a little uh-huh. easy to talk about when the guys want a Stanley Cup. And also, but, he was the interim but, but coach you know for what? the first part of that run, too. They didn't, it wasn't a Craig Baruby team. Was, but, he but, took okay. a Mike Yo team, honestly. Anyway. Yeah, but he continues to get good out of the you know team what I mean. as his own, which is a different story. No, no, no. It, it, no but it would have been one thing to say, you you didn't put this team together. Look what you did as an interim. They, they're playing behind you. There were, like, the I think the idea was that it was like, one of the things that I, that stands out to me when it comes to talking about Barubi is that, because I, I often, I've said this often since when, or when St. Louis won the cup, that I think that he took things that he learned from being on the bench in Philly, and when he got his next opportunity, sure. he was even more ready to go in that role, which is how That's you how turn you develop into a as a head coach. Absolutely, coach, you turn into a winner. Well, because because I I hear it a lot. It's kind of a cliche the way that people talk about it, especially if you're not the closest person who follow like you you don't follow hockey the closest. That it's always the same group of guys. It's always the same coaches that just thirty six guys, you know, thirty two spots, you know, just. Yeah. That just get on the carousel and hop off whenever there's a new opening, and and it's the same yep. guys. It's always and there is the same some truth guys. to that. It's not that I dis, it's not that I disagree with it, but like to me, a guy getting hired for a second time is not the same thing as the guy who's been it, who's Cla- now in Claude Julian bouncing between Boston teams. and Montreal for fifteen years. <laughs> no, I don't mean that either, because I I don't mean multiple tenures. I mean like no, I when Craig Brewery gets fired for the first time, like 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 here's another one. When, you know, if and when, and it's a big if and when, but let's just use him as an example. In Toronto, if Sheldon Keefe doesn't work out and he gets fired, it's been his first head coaching job. Do you think it's not worth taking a chance on the guy in his I would absolutely opportunity? give Sheldon Keefe a chance. Absolutely. Like, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing as when, like, like, like when Elaine Vigneault got fired right. in December. The, the names that come out right away is, you know, Oh, John Tortorella, Mike Babcock, Claude Julian. You know, if Barry Trotz doesn't stay with the Islanders. If Barry Trotz doesn't stay like, with the Islanders, write him enough, a blank check. Give him 10% of the team. The only thing I'll say about Barry Trotz is that when he goes to a team, he uh-huh. goes for a long time. But he has been with three other teams. And, 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 and here's the thing. To some extent, like him leaving Washington was on his terms, not the other way no, around. No, his contract expired and he declined he to renegotiate. Yeah. Right. So it's not like it was a firing. That's not why they had a coaching change. But if you're one of these teams out there like looking for a free agent coach and Elaine Vigneault is available right now, and it's not to say that I don't like Elaine Vigneault the person, but you're going to sit there and eventually go Montreal, Vancouver, Rangers, Flyers. I have a funny feeling Elaine Vigneault is going to end up and in he, Montreal after uh, general manager Danny Briere hires him. Jeez. I mean, 
Because you know he's a, a, he is considered a finalist. I don't know if you've seen that bit of news. That it, mmm. yeah, no, I know he's in the running in some way. I mean, I don't know how far along their process. I've heard they really have narrowed is, down but... to about three candidates, and he's one of them. <laughs> but regardless, back back to the Flyers here. I digress. Yeah, just back, but back to this whole point, like. So, yes, is talking about Craig Berube in hindsight a little bit easy to do also? Yes, it is. But but is it also fair to say that he didn't get really much of a shot beyond yep. that first full That's year fair. plus, you know? Okay. Like, th- th- there really was no rhyme or reason to going to, like, other than that Hextall wanted a guy in place that he picked. There was no rhyme or reason to, not, to choosing another coach who was going to have to be an up-and-coming type of guy who didn't have much at that level. You know, like there was no rhyme or reason to that other than like it's one thing if you say I don't want Craig Berube as my head coach anymore after that year. Where's Mike Babcock? Yeah. You know, like seriously, if that's the free agent and you go, I need a guy like that on the bench. I need a, a veteran, someone who's been around the block. OK, now you're talking a little bit. But he went and he hired a college coach. Like. What's the difference between a, a longtime assistant and a college coach other than to say that one's got current experience behind the bench one was from a completely outside organization and that's what you were going for i don't know hextall was going for a slower more patient method think about it why did he get fired he got fired from what we hear he got fired for two major reasons he refused to fire dave hextall and they wouldn't call up carter hart at the time where that team was both of those sound like very patient approaches to me I don't disagree. I just don't know. Like, by the time this all happens, he, you know, it's not like you've got Ed Snyder breathing down your neck anymore, you know, where it's he's running the show and he's hey, going to be Carter the one who's Hart. Get him say up if here. It's Let's not go. going the right direction. Right. And if you don't, or, or, or the team's performing poorly, get the coach. Listen, if Ed Snyder was still alive even the year before that, You're then probably Haxtell right. wouldn't have made it because Haxtell would have been gone during the 10 game right. losing streak they had that year. Because let's like let's be real, and I guess like we can't just talk the whole show about these comments. We're gonna have to get to the week that was was also pretty depressing. We're getting we're getting there. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. Um, like the only reason that there had like let's just say the first one did prompt a coaching change, and they're on their way to a possible second one. And the only reason it's not gonna prompt anything now, like there's people out there who I do see who are actually sitting here saying, Yo hasn't done anything, they should get him out here too. It's not the Correct. coach. So just stop with this stuff. They're actually hanging on to him right now because of the fact that at this rate, why why would you want to try to find like who are you gonna right. first of all, who are you gonna bring? Uh, right, in? we're talking if you said if you said this guy's not working out, he's in an, he's not even the official head coach. He's in an interim role. It's not working with him either. So now who are you going to bring in? Oh, Ian Laperriere from the Phantoms? No, but like who who else are you going to bring in, in on in a, at a moment's notice and say you come in and now you take over the team as the second interim of the year? Because who are you going to go out and convince to come and coach this team now with half a season to go that is rendered if Ian Laperriere becomes the coach of this team. It's going to be real hard to do this podcast. <laughs> I know. I don't think he will because I think that they like. No, I think that they, if nothing else, they're going to sit there and say they like what he's doing I'm in the minors. That which, they're grooming him, and that when Mike Yo is released from the interim tag at the end of the season, guess who's the new coach coming into next year? 
I don't know, and I'll tell you why I don't know. Because I don't know that, like I said, I don't know that the GM of the team is the one okay. who's going to get to make that call. Well, I, I don't either, and that's why I'm nervous about it. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't think you're going to, I mean, why? Because because if somehow or other Danny Briere is not the GM of the Montreal Canadiens, that he would be a leading yeah. candidate here. Oh, I wasn't even thinking that. I was just worried that uh, the bullies, as mentioned earlier, were going to exert their influence and get... Ian LaPerriere hired. <laughs> and get who? I don't think that they would do that, though, because of the fact that success, it, well, yeah, success but, but is winning. Ian LaPerriere took a face to the puck for the team, so. Yeah, I like, guess. I get whatever, it, and I but... feel bad for the guy that his you know, playing career was ended like that, but <sighs> come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Look, I don't know. Uh, it's... So uh, I guess to put a bow on all of the Hextall-Clark stuff, because to me, like to me, the thing that stood out more, and I've said, I said I wrote it this way when I wrote on Wednesday. How many, you know, we're not even halfway through the season right now, and I I know that that's an awful thing to say to you right now when we we got more shows to do, and all that that we're not even halfway through this season yet, and we're already talking about it the way we are. But seriously, in less than half of a season, thirty-seven games worth, and literally a season that got started three three months ago on. I think on Wednesday or Thursday, I'm sorry, Thursday, three months ago, Thursday, because, or no, I'm sorry, three months ago yesterday, their first home game, their first regular season game this year was October 15th. So regular season started on October 15th. Yesterday was January 15th. And in three months time, it's how much longer is this going to, does this (laughs) have left? Yep. And it's, and yeah. it's three and a half months. You've got until yeah, the end of April. Here's the thing. Man, I'm I'm not a good analyst. I'm too much of a fan for this. If Ryan Ellis if Ryan Ellis <laughs> why is you're the host. next week, this team's not dead. And like I don't think that's gonna happen. I know Ryan Ellis, we're looking a little further out than that, but man, I, I still think that the healthy version of this roster is much, much better than what we're currently seeing. And I know that's you know, that's the trick getting everybody healthy but man and this ryan ellis thing brutal um god you got you got to make me the bad <laughs> no guy, I, you? you're not the bad guy no you're 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 the guy with the facts I, really the guy because with the facts i'm the guy with the blind homerism that's our that's our shtick that's our rapport okay i got you but yeah no no if if, if don't even keep the word playoffs I in know. your vocabulary if you know, and I'm not talking to you specifically. If you're watching this team, get it out of your think mind lottery. immediately. Effective immediately. Yeah, literally, I what did I say? What did I say last week? Yeah. Bottom five team, and I mean that because, and we'll get into it when we talk about the results. I, again, I'm yeah, still yeah, trying yeah. to put kind of like a little bow on this little section because of the fact that to me, how many things in half of a season have we talked about that are off ice events? And I'm not talking about, oh, well, they fired another coach. Right. It's not that simple. It's all of the other stuff. Basically from, you know what, I, I'd have to go back and look specifically at what their record was. And I guess, you know, I'll try yeah. to do it on the fly here. Um, but no, November 16th was the night that they had the okay. Hall of Fame ceremony. And they, the night they, and they won the game Nolan that night. into the Flyers Hall of Fame that night? Okay, just, just making sure. Speaking of which, speaking of which, by the way, best wishes – 
to one Lou Nolan because the fact he he missed last night's game. I uh, I saw. I believe he. I believe he is also <sighs> in COVID. Get better. Get better, right Lou. So he's out for a few. Like uh, so, didn't didn't Take do anything on Lou. Saturday. Come back when you're ready. Um, and how many home games? They got two next yeah. week, right? It, it's going to be Tuesday and Thursday. So I imagine he's out for those. I guess maybe the following Monday, if a not, per, maybe a, the 29th. At the end I don't of the month, speculate. But... Come back when you're healthy, Lou. That's all that matters. No, and he's missed yeah. time for other things before, so like it's not absurd to think. Um, not, let me see. It's not like there was an Iron there, Man okay, being broken. There it is. No, but they did. I, 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 I'd have to look I'm it up. So con- I, we got an email. I'm so about convinced it. that's why the Carolina game no. got postponed. By the way. Um. No, because they still. Well, no, the Thursday game was on the road. That's true, but that's not why. I don't think that's why. My my um, little bow on the the Bobby Clark situation, by the way, is uh, let's put it this way: Bobby Clark's not the best at remembering things on draft day. I hear you, but no. So okay, so let me go back to the uh, again. Go back to that Hall of Fame night game for a second, because after the Flyers won that game, they were eight four and two. Yep, eight four and two, and like. It's and a we were thinking good. good the we first were thinking strong season. things for a team that hadn't seen a whole lot of Kevin Hayes yet and hadn't seen Ryan Ellis yet. Right. You were still kind of going through the process of get these guys healthy. Look at what your record is, and you might. Also, get Kevin them. Hayes is, you know, kind of starting to shift towards games we saw this week. Kevin Hayes is starting to pick up a little bit. He's still still hurting. He's still not looking 100. percent I'm certainly not fighting you on it. I know you called him the ghost of himself or a shell of himself, something like that. He he right now is and and so will and so will Sean Couturier and so will Ryan Ellis. Like there, there's too many guys. Do you, yeah. you want to know my honest opinion? Always. And again, it's just an opinion. We get we get to February and Chalk if Ryan him. Ellis is not skating yet, then he's gonna I, be on the shelf I for think, the rest. Honestly, of the when you're looking at this guy and the fact that he's got four or five years left, at that point, if the season is as lost well, as it I looks think, like it's gonna be in a month. Well, don't waste his time. If he's if he's healthy you know for two games at the end what? of the There's... season and you can play him just to kind of get him some ice time, fine. But other than that, he's done for the year. Well, and there's another and there's another reason for me too because, quite frankly, to go off of these two games from this week, you no, can't send you can't. Cam York. Cam down. York has been. You really have to kind of right now until he shows you something that proves he should be back down there. He's holding his own enough at the NHL level. You've got to Trust let him me, ride there, it out a little bit. There's other people. You've got we to can reward scratch. him. Don't don't worry. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying that there's not. It's just, you know, he's playing well enough that you've got to and, try and to. Yes, see what by you the way, got, in case you know? you're paying attention, Keith Yandel is still in the lineup. Keith Yandel is one of two defensemen in the lineup, or on the active roster, who has not entered COVID protocol. Yeah. Because even Rasmus Ristolainen entered COVID protocol, missed Thursday, came out of protocol ahead of Saturday, but did not play because he literally came out of protocol on Saturday morning, and they basically just pumped the brakes on his return, which I think is actually fair. He did have – I mean, it was pretty well documented. He had a rough – I mean, rough Mike Yo said he didn't realize this, but, yeah. but he had a rough bout with it last year, and it's like, okay, you know what? Take, take all, the, all the time you yeah. need to kind of feel good. If you um, need to, I anyway, do want to mention since um, since we're talking about no, so COVID I'm going from that. No, so, I did also want to mention what happened on Tuesday. Kind of the game getting postponed. Carolina was already in town. Uh, Carolina was, 
Yeah, yeah that was a mess, wasn't they it? were pretty annoyed because the Flyers ended up practicing on Tuesday. There's nothing wrong with a lot of what happened, actually. The game getting postponed right. is a league decision. It's, you know, look, the Flyers can make requests all they want to to the league, but very the clearly, depending on your what... Requests. No, the, it, no, it, it's what no. circumstances favor them, which is we don't basically I don't, and look, I'm not saying the league is footing the bill for this type of stuff, but they don't want to have to reschedule a game that involves somebody traveling 3000 right. miles if they can help it. And they don't want to have to reschedule games like they're, they're willing to reschedule games where the travel's not crazy. Like it's why when the Islanders are able to play on Tuesday night at Wells Fargo Center this upcoming week. And you can move that Detroit game and say, okay, Detroit can come into right. town. That's not that bad. They'll do it. It's why they'll say, okay, Carolina can make it back into town. It's not that bad. You're on the same coastline at least. All right, fair enough. You know, But they're not letting you go back out to Anaheim or bring San Jose right. back out here for no reason. You know, like They're trying to avoid that type of stuff. And obviously, a game like Flyers-Penguins a week ago came down right. to That was on ESPN, so... Hulu and ESPN Plus. It was so one of the it, exclusive it, games, so obviously yes. that game was happening no matter what. The only the only thing that they have a right to be upset about, Carolina does. I don't think there's anything wrong with postponing the game. If Carol like Carolina lost a player th- that morning right. too to COVID protocol, the Flyers were still going to be down, I think five going into that night. So there's nothing wrong with that per se, but the idea that they should it like the Flyers right. were able to practice the next day and there's nothing wrong with the flyers choosing to take a day where they had bodies still and the game got postponed the night before to change their plans and say sure. we're still going to get I, on the ice and practice i think there, there was were nothing 13 healthy that. forwards it's, six healthy defensemen a couple healthy goalies like there was a healthy roster's worth of people there right right they could have played and i think that's really where carolina was upset but i think that the, i well because carolina like here's the problem with what happened with carolina Number one, it's not as simple as hey, you postponed the game and we didn't get on the plane yet. They were already they already flew out, landed, were ready to go. They're now they, they have no choice. They're stuck yep. overnight at minimum. So they they already are stuck overnight. Everything's set up at the arena. They're just thinking, so well, they we are, might as well play. Do you have a roster? We have a roster. We're here. Well, but, well, no, they're what's not the thinking, problem. Well, it's not that they're thinking we might as well play. It's okay. The game gets postponed. At least the gear is at the rink already. We they could they could theoretically have a morning skate and clear out of the building in enough time for them to still you. Know, I mean, there's there's nothing happening. I remember, there's nothing right. happening on that day now because the game is at seven o'clock at night. So even if there is a basketball game the following night, you can just shift that to the fo- like right. the same time you were going to switch over anyway. And they had yep. already switched over the ice. Now that right. you have a reason to be upset about because there's no reason why that shouldn't have still been set up that you now can you're come losing in and a use the building right. to get a practice day. Because well, because now you traveled for a day, so you quite possibly cut your practice short on right. Monday to travel, traveled, stayed overnight, went to go to practice the next morning, and were basically told by I assume your equipment staff because they were in the process of going over to get everything ready for that day anyway, right. as if it was a practice. And oh. go, yeah, we can't practice. They've already I set up we'll the basketball home. floor. So now you have to, exactly, but so now you just have to go home. And do you want to know what? Look at the first game they played coming out of that game, that supposed game on the schedule. Wasn't it the six nothing loss to Columbus? I so. Yep, sure was. I mean, I mean, they won. They won again on Saturday. They looked like the team that they usually are, but they looked but bad. Taking two plane trips. 
but t- taking two plane trips for no reason at all and then not getting on the ice for a day either yep. contributes Kinda, to I'm going to make a little, a little MMA reference here, and you're not going to get it, and that's fine. It's like it's like Tony Ferguson cutting weight for a fight three weeks early and then cutting, cutting weight again for the Justin Gaethje fight a month later. It worked out horribly. For people that that's funny for, trust me, that's funny. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about this week. Uh, we did play two games. Uh, David Pasternak played the hell out of the game on Thursday, ended up with a hat trick. Uh, the third Flyers hat trick allowed in four games, by the way. Uh, and the Pittsburgh Penguins had two players with two goals apiece in that game last Thursday. So the Flyers were very, very close to allowing hat tricks in four straight games. They, uh, so you loot. They had two. They had two with. Two, oh, yeah. I get, yeah. Jake yeah. Ensel later. OK, yes. But okay, the, the difference. OK, so the difference was Russ scored both goals in the first period. He was set up for it all so game. He was looking he was for right it. On, he was yeah. set up for it all game. Um, not so much. You know, like Gensel didn't score the last his second yeah, but, until way later still, in the game. So the way was, that team was playing, they could have given oh, up more I don't goals disagree. at any moment. <laughs> and then, well, on that yeah. night specifically, you mean? Well, okay. So listen, I I will get into the Boston game in one quick moment. I I'm I'm so the amount of stuff we've talked about that's off the ice before we even get to games like this, because this up until this game, the Clark thing Absolutely. is dominating the news for the week because, because so far, what, what was your week from the last time we had done a, a show? What's your week? Carolina. It's, it's a postponed game that maybe didn't have to be postponed. If we're going off of previous postponements, if you will, Prec- precedent and, and right. And, and then your second thing is you're, uh, you know, legendary flyer makes these comments but it's another off ice thing from the hall of fame ceremony that nobody really saw because nobody was in the building yet for it to elaine Vigneault getting fired to the dog to the bags over the heads to to forgetting ed snyder's birthday or neglecting to mention ed snyder's birthday to we're getting this. dangerously like, close to dumpster I'm fire tired. territory it's not even dumpster fire to me. That's not even the words I use. I even said, That's this is a reality fair. show. This is like, this is the plot lines that they draw up for reality shows. What thing can we throw in here that's going to create discord and argument and frustration and put it all together so that it turns people against each other? So that there's people on two sides going, this is right. No, this is right. This is, you know, whatever. Like, let's talk about this. This should have happened. No, this should have happened. You know? It's a gigantic reality show where the only thing that's missing at this point is more talking heads at this point in terms of, okay, Bobby Clark just had his say. That was like his talking head moment. So let's just get Ron Hextall on one of them now to hear his side again. Or, and let's get, you know, Craig Berube in to talk about it. Let's get the current team in. Let's get, you know, all these people. Like, let's make, like, hey, just when's the documentary? Uh, the media is still not in the locker room this year, correct? No, okay, so we were never in the locker room this year, but now at the moment we're not okay. even doing in person anymore. Like we were going into a room, much like I mean, you see a lot of teams doing this. A player sure. comes in, sits at the table. Coach comes in, sits at the table, and you do the interview. That well, way. I was but, just asking about the locker room because I'm curious. Yeah, what the and I know is? I know that by the time the media gets in there, they you know they they're they're all in kind of post game press mode, blah blah blah. But you can still get a vibe for the room, and you can still feel kind of the electricity in the room. And if it's hot, it's bad. It's good, you know, etc. Yeah, Man, 
could be a fly on the wall in that room right now. Um, oof. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and here's the thing. Nobody knows the answer because nobody else is in there. It's not like I'm not in there and there's somebody else in there and they can say, oh, yeah, the room's right. really in a bad spot. There's really no, I won't say no rhyme or reason. There's just, they don't, we don't have access to that kind of stuff to know what's going on. But I like, I look at somebody like Claude Giroux, for example, and he, he's the best example I can give because of the fact that, you know, I'll give his, this example for this reason, actually, because it was his birthday this week. He turns 30 birthday, Claude. And he, and he is starting to look like a mighty old 34. He's in, starting in to look like a guy who carried like, this team through the 2010s. And I'm not saying old in terms of performance. He's still skating pretty he well. Like he had actually ice. really. I didn't think he had a bad game. I didn't think he had a bad game against the Rangers. I really didn't. Like I'm not gonna say, and I'm not gonna hold it against him when he played Boston because it was his first game back in what right. three, so and like a week and a half. So like yeah, it's gonna be a rough go. But it's. I'm not saying he physically can't keep playing, and I'm not saying that he can't keep putting up points. I don't think he had points in the last two games he played, which would bring him to 34, but he's at 29 and 34, oh, yeah. which is still better really production good. than you're expecting out you know, of most 34 year olds. He's yep. your best production player. And that's that the, is problem. the problem. But, but beside the point, but I, but, but I sit down and I look at him as he gets ready to do an interview when he comes on right now on the zoom calls. I mean, even when he would sit in the room, he, first of all, he's this, he's this type of guy right now who, it's almost a little bit of a page out of Jake Voracek's book from previous years where Jake Vort and I'm hear, hear me out where I'm going with this, where Jake would basically come into the year, had gotten a haircut. Now, now Drew is not oh letting God. the hair grow, but but it's it's the haircut and relatively clean shaven. And then for the rest of the year, nothing happens. And that's how right. Voracek would do it. Drew, it looks like he is like I hate to I, I just said not to use this word. So I'm going to use it. It's like he's growing out the playoff beard, even though there's no playoffs well, for this team anyway. But he, it's like it's like he is, and but yet, like I look around his eyes, and he looks exhausted. He looks mentally you? exhausted. Like I, I'm mentally exhausted exactly. even trying to cover you're, it. I've already said mentally that. Mentally exhausted covering the team. He's in that locker room every day. He's. You no, know, you know what it is. I actually truth truthfully. I don't care about covering a team that sure. doesn't win a lot of games. Like, it's look, it's exponentially more fun oh, yeah. when the team wins. No question about it. No matter what, because and and the reason I say it's more fun is because whether I'm there saying, hey, you know, as a fan, rah rah, like great, they're they're winning games. That's wonderful. You know, even as a media member, it's fun to cover a team that's successful because they right. have more fun with it. When you talk to a player, things you're are going to get better when teams because, are having fun. Like. Right, because they're losers, so you get better responses. It's not like you're getting dismissive answers to questions because they don't have the answers, you don't have the answers, and you're at a stalemate, kind of. Like, the best thing they can do is throw out the, the cliche miserable. again. Yep, and you default you know? to play a full 60, right. you got to get it, pucked so, deep. So, is it more fun to cover a team that wins? Absolutely it is. But I would almost take a team that's not winning games that, like, let's let's be real. Let's, let's like, <sighs> Arizona for a second. Arizona's not no, but Arizona's not winning games, and there is some off ice distractions, but it's not off ice distractions that, that affect are the team. Like it's arena stuff. Well, they, they well that, that it doesn't affect, affect the, the players team, but it does, probably like, a lot, but it does. I don't know. But but from a game like not even from a game to game standpoint, but like outside of that type of stuff, or you know, I mean, I don't know because here's the thing in Montreal, but Montreal already made a general manager change has overhauled management, is standing by the coach, 
but in and in the middle of it has a first round pick that they drafted that literally had to sit there last year and say don't draft me oh. and they still did like that's a shadow that hangs over you too sure. so there is off ice drama but like uh, so i don't want to compare it to anybody i just would rather you know like okay i'll tell you a team that has no off ice drama that you would rather it be like like i don't like yep. i'd almost take seattle you're no, you, and, and you, seattle's you new so they kind of have a built-in excuse but no i don't want dave haxtell back that bad but like it's it's Okay, Seattle's but, not a great team. The expectations aren't high. They don't win a lot of games. Right. But there's not drama. That's fair. If the worst thing you can talk about is, man, what like I still don't know what I still don't know what Ron Francis was thinking in that draft, in the expansion draft. Okay, you can question that all you want to, but at right. least that's hockey decisions. We sit here and question free agency signings and trades and oh, draft that's the picks most fun all part the of doing time. This. We spent the whole summer breaking down the trades. But that's absolutely but, Right, but that's but that's part of that's part of what we do with the game is that we watch players in the ice and go, how did they think that this guy was better than this guy or whatever, right? Like, at some point, you don't want it to be about, hey, did you see the video of the dog at center ice? Did you see what the fans are doing on Twitter with the bags over the heads? Did you hear what Bobby <sighs> Clark said on another podcast? Did you see that the team didn't mention Ed Snyder's birthday? Like, like how many things are we supposed to talk about? that have nothing to do with a game-to-game thing. And that's what becomes mentally taxing to me, is I'm talking more about these events than I'm talking about the games. We're an hour into doing this show, and we've we've hinted at stuff that happened on the ice, but we spent the whole time talking about Bobby Clark's comments and all the other things that have gone wrong in the organization. Not, hey, they played a couple games. I think I look at it a little bit differently. When they're losing like this, I don't mind the the other stuff because it gives us stuff to talk about. Because... Uh, man, I'm telling you, the last couple shows where we're just coming on here and talking about how they got their doors kicked in, <laughs> it's not particularly fun. So at least we had something to talk about, you know? And and, and I do want to give credit. Like, it's two more losses this week. Yes. Seven, and I, and seven, listen, I came on the straight? show last week, and the only thing— Seven straight? Seven straight. The only, listen, the only thing that I was wrong about from last week— was that they didn't lose Fair three enough. games they lost. And that's only because Carolina got postponed. They would have lost yeah. that game for sure. Right. Which which I could which which I didn't see coming. Yeah, they would have lost yeah. that game. The team for that sure showed is, up on Thursday, right. if but, that team showed up against Carolina, they would have gotten dummied. Well, because common thread to both games that happened this week. The so first ten minutes were awful. Just it, it's not even I don't even call it slow. Bad. Because to say it was a slow start means that you at least maybe generated a little something, but just not enough. It, There's nothing. I mean, they didn't have a shot on goal okay. in the first 10 yeah. minutes of it, either game. And we've seen That's that a couple horrible. of times this year. Like, it's... Yeah. And and that's why it's kind of rough to talk about the on-ice product, and that's why I'm kind of grateful for some of the off-ice stuff, because when we get to the actual games like we're going to do here, man, we talk about Boston, and it's David Pasternak, what, a minute into the game? Like, very, very quickly into that game. Yeah, it was just like, under yeah, two. About, just okay. under two, I think is what it was. A minute well, 51. Well, here's the thing. It was just under two. Right, so it's just under two minutes into the game, a minute 51, then a penalty, then a power play goal, and then another penalty and another power play where, honest to goodness, and I, I'm not kidding, when I, I wanted to, I wanted, there's things I want to see happen sometimes in a game just so that when I have to put it out into the Twitterverse that it happened, that I can see the collective meltdown from, like, 
uh, in reaction. Because can you imagine if Boston scores on the second power play and it's Pasternak and a guy on the Bruins has a hat trick before the Flyers yes, have a shot on goal? I could easily have seen that happening in that game. Like, well, I could, oh, it's not a matter of can you easily see that happening. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine Oh, it would have been awful. Oh, my goodness. They don't even have a shot yet. And here's a guy yep. with another hat trick. And, I mean, he did get the hat trick eventually. Don't get me He's wrong. He's also one but, of your like, premier goal being, scorers in the league. Could you imagine if it's 10 minutes into the game? But but it's ten minutes into the game. If that, like, can and you're you imagine if they. Oh no, you were in Boston. I'm sorry. Well, Boston sorry. was that time. I'm thinking of Saturday for that night, one. It was you put yeah, up that lame Boston. duck performance in the first ten minutes well, of that and, game. And, too. And, and here's the funny. And here's the funny thing to me. Credit to them for fighting back and sure. tying the game up. Credit to them for keeping it a one goal game into the third period. It wasn't a good third period. They didn't get that many chances, but they were in it. It was competitive. I gotta give them that. They were both the secondary assists, so I don't know how much credit he's getting for the goal, but he had two points. <laughs> um. Anyway, and then the, the Ranger game was relatively similar. The difference with the Ranger game was that that's out that's right in front of you. You know that game's in front of you for the taking because first of all, it's not like you fell behind two nothing and lost three to two. Eventually, you fell behind one nothing. Again, before you even right. have a shot on goal, you're trailing. But then you do get the you do get it tied. And then you play through the second period and you play through the third period and you're more than halfway or just a little bit more than halfway into the third period. And you're gonna And Cam York scores his first career goal to take the lead. Which is cool because he's earned he's really earned it a lot in the last little and, bit. And he's that's played the kind well. of thing. The young kid defenseman comes up, plays well, scores his first career goal to give you the lead more than halfway through the first period. Ten minutes, 11 seconds in. Less than 10 minutes to go in the third period. Guy scores his first career goal to give you the lead. That's the kind of thing that should energize you. Yeah. Well, and it seemed like it did. And then 37 seconds later, that lead was gone. But... it, it's like there, there's two problems I have with 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 what's going on right now. The first is that it just feels like they wait for the whatever's going to go wrong to go wrong kind of thing. Like it's already in their heads. Something's going to go wrong. And when it does, they're not going to recover. You know, that's number one. Number two is that. And this again, kind of this is kind of off ice stuff, but it happens during a game. So it's a little not off ice. Did you catch the? I don't know how much you saw of the game. Most of it, the Ranger game. Okay, did you catch how loud it was when the Rangers scored yeah, a goal? Too many, too many Rangers fans in the building for my personal liking. But. And I'm not saying that that's supposed to be a shock. Okay, like in terms of, there's always there's always a good Ranger crowd especially that on a Saturday in, night during these years where the Flyers aren't. Well, well, especially when the Flyers aren't very good right now, like they have been for the rest of the part was there for decade, a lot of Rangers fans. The Rangers the travel too. well. It's Saturday night, nobody had work. But I'm telling you right now. But I'm telling you right now, they scored that first goal early, five minutes into the game, six minutes into the game, and I, I'm like, um, are we oh, sure that right. it's Wells Fargo Center or am I in Madison yeah, Square Garden? It was. It's not fun to say. It was that loud. And so it felt like a Rangers home game. And, and like, I, I put this in my takeaways from the game because I'm not saying it's shocking when a team like the Rangers come in. And, and the Rangers, like I said, 
fans that travel pretty well for things like that, definitely you're going to get – the other thing you're going to have is you're definitely going to get some fans in the area. You know, there's there's always a part of that South Jersey crowd and maybe even, you know, maybe even part of the Philly crowd that – are transplants in some way they're either you know hey they're south jersey from north jersey originally so they're more ranger fans right. than they are flyer fans you know whatever you're gonna have people who go it's easier for me to get to a game from here than it is to go all the way up to new york so i'm coming when they're in philly makes bridge sense. tolls it's probably cheaper but when you too. like <laughs> probably but when it when fans like that try to start chance for their team like okay it's not a shocking rangers fans are going to try to get a let's go rangers chant going and yeah, one or two of them break through, and then the booze start because you're like, oh, like this right. isn't happening here, and the booze drown it out so quickly that the thing lasted for ten seconds, fifteen seconds, and it was over. This was consistent. This was loud. Let's go Ranger chants that could not be silenced. And yep. this is in your building. And I'm not trying to pile on with everything else that's going on off the ice or whatever, but like, but you know what, Comcast sees it, a full it, building. It, Oh, right. Oh, I agree. But like what I'm trying to get is that are you like, are you proud of this? Are you proud that there's Rangers fans chanting for their team loud and enough that quite they can't frankly, be silenced in your They should building? be. They're first in the division. They're a solid team. Rangers fans are oh, absolutely, oh, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, every right to be confident and happy and having fun. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I mean, the people who are oh, sitting I agree. in the box for the Flyers. Like, are you proud? Are you proud of this? Like, Rangers fans, like, I, I thought this too. They have ever not only do they travel well anyway because yes it's a nationally known right team to come shove it down our throat. for you know but but exactly it's like it's not like you don't have a good team and, and that was the common theme for the on ice product for both games these are both three two regulation losses that they're certainly competitive the Flyers had one game tied in the second period in Boston and the other one they're leading in yep. the third and period Phillip, against the Rangers and when Philip Hill really scores thirty seven seconds after Cam York you know they're losing the game. It's done. You're done. That that's the kind of goal that breaks this team. This team specifically. But my, but okay. But my point is like my point is so Boston's still on the rise because of how many right. games they're still, they had they're called still off back. earlier in the year. So for Boston to be up to 13th in the league in the standings to get to that point, like I'm getting closer to chalking them oh, up as sure. the top 10. Like they're they working have two their or three games in hand over tied. just about everybody. Four or five over some well, teams. And, they're at 35 games. Well here. And, well, ready for this? Here's the irony. They're tied in points with Minnesota, who's 12th, and Minnesota actually has a game in hand on wow, Boston. Minnesota's That's how much they've missed. Karol Kaprizov's been good. But Vegas is, but but here you go. Vegas is two points ahead of Boston, four right. games in hand for Boston. St. Louis is three points ahead, three, and Boston has three games in hand on them. Like they're going to climb past these teams if they they're stay on the almost tear definitely going to pass Vegas, St. Louis, and, get and Pittsburgh. There. Uh, Pitt, yeah, Pittsburgh's That's a little closer, but they could. And 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 in fairness, in terms of league rank, because you don't look at it this way, they probably you know four games in hand on Nashville, five points ahead. Probably, they can probably they've pass been Nashville. playing well enough. They just well, the only thing that makes me say that they might not right away anywhere that might be a, a little bit of a challenge is they did just play Nashville on okay. Saturday and it went to overtime, so it was actually a really good, a good barometer competitive game between two teams that are right there you know but you know so boston's there the rangers are in third like the rangers actually at this point yep. are leading the metro that's what i'm saying now yeah. now it's a little bit well now here's the thing it's a little bit everything's still so tight there. there's it's still a little bit so of a gray much area left that you know 
Well, Carolina didn't play earlier this they week. Should've they should have gotten two points. They should have played in. And they're... Well, and they're two points behind the Rangers with four right. games in hand. I think that Carolina's That's fair. the team to beat in the division. But I want to go back to the Boston game for one quick second because I told you get the word playoffs out of your vocabulary right now because that was the game. Yep. That's it. If you don't win, if you win that game in regulation, no matter what the standings st- say, you at least won the last game. You've won two out of three on the year against Boston in regulation, and you got you you didn't just get two points back, but it's a four point type of game. Because that's two points that you Every took from them, too. Every time we see an opportunity to start laying a building block, to start kind of building a foundation that they can work off of, they give up two goals to David Pasternak mm-hmm. in the first 10 minutes. They get shut out by Calgary earlier in the season and just throw an absolute lame duck up. You know the game I'm talking about. Every single time we've seen it this season, they've we've looked at a game and gone, okay, this could be a good spot to start building it back up. Well, because it's got to start somewhere. Look, I got, I got asked, but but I got asked like I don't know if like which it was a little while ago on ninety seven three, but I got asked along the lines of something about what can people either look forward to or like, and this was early in the year. This was like before the Anaheim game, and my thing was that okay, in the month of January, it's got to be now. If you're going to be anything yep. more, it's got to be do now. The same. And they lost. And, and, well, and here's the thing: since then, they lost to Anaheim, lost to Pittsburgh, lost to San Jose, had a game postponed against Carolina, and now have lost to Boston and the Rangers. And literally in that time, I believe yep. they one of two point. things is going to happen. Either the this is very unlikely here. The world's going to light on fire, and they're going to be the 2017 or whatever year that was, St. Louis Blues, 2018, or significantly, infinitely more likely. They're a bottom five team. Actually, I'll, I'll give you one other scenario, and it's not it's not as it's about as likely as the world lighting on fire. Rather than sit there and say, "Oh, they're going to become the 2017 Blues," and, or I think 2018 yeah. is what you mean. Yeah, I knew it was one of those two years. Um, 2018, oh, right, right, 19. Right. So they won the cup in 19. That's what you're thinking of. But okay, you're right. Either like. I think that's an extremely unlikely, like the world sets on fire. The other thing that happens is, is that things get so bad like they were two years ago that the league can't finish the season, so 24 teams make the playoffs, and they might oh, actually make God. the top 24. And if that happens and they win a round, you know what? You know what's going to happen? They're going to win a round. They would make that, and then they'd They're win, gonna win the win qualifier. Around. They'll get all the way to the, the Eastern Conference Finals where you where, where you start <laughs> locking in the bad draft picks. And then they'll get swept in the Eastern Conference Finals, still pick 27th or 28th, whatever it is. Oh, my goodness. That's 100% what's um, happening if something like that were to happen. Although, I honestly, I think the NHL will do their absolute best to avoid that because the bubble was, yeah. They're going to get, no, they're yeah, powerful. The, the NHL is not really shutting happen, it down. But I'm making, I'm making a joke. Yeah, but I'm making a joke. So, like, but let's, like, t- I, I, to wrap it up, I want to get to, like, I was mentioning don't have playoffs in your vocabulary because I'm going to tell you why they're not going to make the playoffs, but I'm also going to try to tell you why bottom five is realistic to me because I don't I don't know if I really went in. I think I said it last yeah. week and I didn't really go into why to me, so I'll go into why. So get play. I'll start with get playoffs out of your vocabulary because get playoffs out of your vocabulary because a- after the most recent game, Boston still has two games in hand on the Flyers in that last playoff spot, and they're 13 oh, points ahead. That's the last playoff spot. 13 points with two games in hand. Pittsburgh has the same number of games, and it's exactly what you think it is. It's 16. Like, 
that's your next closest opportunity is you need to make up 16 points to make the playoffs. You start probably. thinking about it like that. It's, it's that's pretty That's not depressing. happening. It is not happening. So let's go to the other side. And here's the thing. I wrote this in takeaways after the Thursday game against um, against Boston because on the same night that Boston beats you 3-2 in regulation, it was a closer game than I imagined, for sure. But on the same night that that happens, the Islanders beat the Devils in regulation. The Sabres beat the Predators. So Buffalo got a win. <laughs> Chicago and Montreal went to overtime, thus giving Making both a three teams point game. below you a right. point. Right, and Chicago won it in overtime. Ottawa beat Calgary, and that I think that was all of them. But like, there might be one more. Oh, maybe maybe the fact that Columbus shut out Carolina and officially moved ahead of you, and then to to, to top it all off, go to the go to the game against the Rangers, where again you lose in regulation. You look like you could win the game with nine and a half minutes left, based on where it sits, and now you then you lose it in regulation, and. You know, now this this night you didn't have much help because the Islanders lost in regulation, Buffalo lost in regulation. Oh, hold on, Chicago beat Anaheim, shut them out, and then you keep going. Oh, look, Ottawa beat Edmonton. So there's like a handful here, and the funny part is, is that as the week goes on, I just want to read off a couple of games because first of all, one of the teams that's trailing you in the league standings is the Islanders, who you have for the next two games. Not and not only do you have for the next two games, but you have three times in like the next five or something like that. Like Monday, Tuesday, they play Columbus on Thursday, Buffalo Saturday, Dallas next Monday, and then Islanders I don't, again. I don't think on this team beats Buffalo. So you, it's oh, I I, I don't have no. them beating anybody right now until I see something different. Like that's These probably teams, your streak like, snapper, but I I don't know if they beat Buffalo. Well, anyway, so to keep go to keep kind of looking at this for a second. Here's where they are in the standings. So they're 25th in, in the league standings. Chicago, with the uh, with, with the shutout win against Anaheim on Saturday, officially moved ahead by two points. Vancouver is ahead by two points. Columbus is ahead by two points. And then there's now, like, at that point, there's a noticeable gap because the next two teams in front of you at 38 points, five points ahead, are both at 35 games, and you're at 37. So there's a noticeable gap. You're pretty much no better than 22nd at best. Right? That's to start with. Behind you... The Devils are tied in points. Same number of games, same number of points. So you could get past at any moment because all it takes is one. The Islanders are five points behind but have seven games in hand and three head-to-heads in the next week. You're not not beating that team. You're just not. They've been playing better. I don't know if they're not beating that team three times. You're not beating that team three times in a week. For example, and that's and that's I agree with that. I think right, you, I think they lose gonna, two like, out of three, That's what yes. it's going to take to you know keep them from making up ground. Okay, and then you keep going. Buffalo is five points behind, same number of games. And oh, by the way, there's a head-to-head against them next week on Saturday. Yeah. Ottawa is nine points behind, but six games in hand. It's not out of the question. As a matter of fact. That's the team that I think makes the Flyers yeah. a bottom five team because Montreal and Arizona are not going to pass the Flyers. It's it's right. like looking at the playoff gap. They're right. Just if I just went right. thirteen points to Boston, don't don't talk about it. Montreal and Arizona are too far behind to make up the ground they need to to get to My where the Flyers to are. Stats here. You ready? Eleven sure. goals, nine, 19 assists. Okay. For thirty points in twenty three games for the Kingston Frontenacs. 
get very familiar with the name Shane Wright. Because that's who we're looking for now, kids. Last year. I don't know. Like, it's not really who you're looking for. Per that's se, who I'm like, looking for. Hang on. He's going to. You're looking at him because he's the consensus number one pick. He's not. The guy you want is the really the year that you want to okay. get it is next year. Because you know you want to like if there's a sweepstakes you want to win you want to win the fair. Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Yeah, I'll take Shane right in the meantime because I think you're still going to be bad next year. Don't worry, we we'll have a shot at Bedard too. I mean, well, Shane, look, Shane no. Wright's not a bad number uh, two, is he? And you know who you know who Shane Wright played for before he played for the Kingston Frontenacs. He played for the Don Mills Flyers. You sixteen, oh, yeah, fifteen, yeah, yeah. and fourteen. You know, I'm not saying anything, but. But, but but my point, like my point when I say the bottom five team thing is like I look at the standings and I go, you know what? The bottom three probably aren't moving much, much further. Montreal, Arizona, Seattle, you probably kind of are what you are. But Ottawa's got a shot to make up that ground. And Buffalo's got a oh, shot Ottawa's to make up that ground. Ottawa's a decent team. Like, they're not good, think, don't get me wrong. But and I certainly, no, no, and I certainly, no, you know what it is? They don't quit on a game necessarily. And I'm not saying that the Flyers have necessarily quit on the last two games per se, but you, Ottawa doesn't right. get off to starts like that. They don't get off to 10-minute starts where we're, they don't We're seeing the Detroit up. Red Wings finally start to kind of climb out of the pit that they've been in for the last couple of years since they you know, lost the playoff streak and broke it all down and you know, blah, blah, blah. The Ottawa Senators are probably 12 to 24 months behind them, but they're kind of on a very similar trajectory. The Ottawa Senators are going to be a good team within the next couple of years. The problem, the problem with talking about those teams at the bottom also is the fact that, like, like I look at Ottawa and I go, the worst thing for the Flyers is a team that has time yep. to make up ground, like more time. You're approaching the halfway point, and think about this for futility, if you will. You're approaching the halfway point. You might not make the halfway point. You got two games against the Islanders and one against Columbus, and that's it. That's where I'm going to cut it off because that's going to be game number 40, which isn't even a halfway point yet. And you might no, and no, and you might, before you officially hit the halfway point, have two losing streaks yep. of ten. That's games. bad. Like that's, and I, it's kind of stating the obvious, obviously, but that is not what you want. What team? What professional team in this league? Even the worst ones. If, if I go back and I look at Montreal, does Montreal have a double-digit losing streak even I once? Buffalo let alone had a twice? sixteen or seventeen game streak within the last couple of years. Um. Right. Uh, within the last couple of years, but that's but you know what? That's one prolonged streak for a team that everybody knows was really bad. Not hey, by the way, they started off eight right. eight four and two, went on a ten game losing streak from there, came back and got points in seven straight Including losing two five, of them in I believe, overtime. Right? All right. They won five games out of seven. I don't even like including no. the seventh. It's a point streak, yes. But here's the thing: the next six games, you go out and you literally in the six games. Won five games and got points right. in, in all six. And then you did get a point in the first one of this, but it's the first of ten of, of right now seven more, possibly ten. And you literally just gave away ha literally half of your season yeah. to that point. It's twenty out of forty. You just gave it away. And and whether you win a bunch of games and don't go on a long losing streak for the rest of the year or not, two ten game losing streaks in the middle of a season is a yep. quarter of the season. What team just hands away a quarter of the season? And it's, you know, I did this on a previous show. It's not like it's a losing streak like they had a couple of years back 
where they lost 10 in a row, but five of them were in overtime or in a shootout. So you got some points. They have two in each streak. So out of 20 games, you got four points possibly. Right. Or or at least right now, let's do let's do it. uh, Let's do it factually. Out of 17 games, you got four points. (laughs) Man. And that's why I'm grateful about the off ice stuff, because, man, it's tough to talk about the on ice when they're putting up results like that. It just is, and this is it what sure it is, is right now. And a uh, real, you know, what, really quick. And I didn't write it. I yeah. didn't do a banner for it. And we don't need it because we're gonna just make it a footnote. Kind of speaking of Claude Giroux, yes. he made another All Star. Claude All-Star Giroux, All Star. Uh, they're doing the last man in vote. Cam Atkinson is the nominee for that. I, quite frankly, I don't expect him to get it because the team is so bad that a lot of the city has checked out, and I don't expect the fan voting to be there. But hey, you never know. And, you know, I think that is a pretty good place to wrap it up. It's kind of a depressing note to end on, but we'll be back next week. And I can't promise we'll be happier. I can't promise it'll be a more energetic, upbeat show. But I can promise that we probably won't talk about Bobby Clark for an hour. So unless he comes out and says more dumb stuff. But, you know, in the meantime, make sure to follow the show on Twitter. I don't. Well, I don't know, you know how dumb it really was. In the meantime, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at YWT Podcast. Send us any thoughts, feelings, comments, questions you have over there. Uh, you can follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Durso at Sports Talk PHL for all your sports news at Flyer Delphia for all your Flyers updates uh, at Eagle Delphia because that playoff run starts today. Hey, real quick. Give me, give me a prediction. Yeah, Let's go. We're, the Eagles covered. We're recording this oh, before geez. the game Sunday morning, our usual time spot. Give me a score so we can look dumb later. <laughs> Oh, I, you know, what's funny, though, too. They did actually yeah. do staff predictions on the site and I didn't participate because it's an A, it's not my sport. But like, no, like, in, you know, what? in years past, I would have. I, I just don't now because I feel like no one wants to hear the hockey guy chime bucks. in on this. Um, no, I think it's going to be closer. Actually, you know what? I'll say what I said earlier in the week. Honestly, 28, 21 okay. bucks. But, you know, Tom Brady has to prove he can beat the Eagles in uh, in the playoff. So. And 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 in fairness, I I real I actually kind of don't think it's going to be that like that's what I'm saying. I don't know if I really think that's going to be the score because I think okay. it's going to be lower scoring than that. The weather's supposed to nice. Be awful. That makes for good playoff football. So I think that it's so I right. So I think you're going to get an ugly 10, one. Like 7, actually, 13, 20 10. to ten. Twenty to ten sounds about right. Or twenty thirteen. Okay. Well, we'll see right. how that happens. I hit all the socials at the top of the show. Make sure you're following us everywhere. And, and they've been on, on the bottom, bottom the whole time, time too. So if you're watching on our YouTube channel, hey. Go watch on our YouTube channel. And uh, in the meantime, you can find the show anywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, SportsBlockPhilly.com, etc., etc., etc. And you know what? That'll do it for us this week. We'll see you.